Everybody joining me this week on the show is Bill Bender, National College Football Writer for the Sporting News. And Bill, uh, thanks once again for coming on the Football Report. Hey, no problem, Bill. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's always good to have you on, talk college football. And uh, I want to start it off with the Heisman Trophy just past Saturday. You know, Kyler Murray getting it. I, I, I got to say, I wasn't surprised, but it just felt like all year we were taught it was supposed to be two or two or two. And then last couple of weeks, Kyler Murray came in there and got that momentum won the trophy oh what resulted into that after you know for most of the year just believing and hearing that Tua was going to be the Heisman Trophy winner yeah I mean obviously a late surge and I think a lot of people based it on the championship weekend and that's fair I mean Kyler shined in the brightest spotlight and Tua struggled a little bit but I you know for me it was we we picked Tua as our player of the year at Sporting News not to be different but we really did believe he had the best year um, all three candidates were, were deserving, though. I, I can't emphasize that enough. I think uh, between Haskins, Tua, and Kyler, you had three guys that were fully deserving of the award. There really was no wrong answer, and that made it an agonizing choice. Yeah, and it, it is interesting. You look at Dwayne Haskins' numbers, uh, 47 touchdown passes, led the country in passing yards, uh, even four touchdowns on the ground, 51 touchdowns overall. So in a normal year or any other year, he would have been the Heisman Trophy winner, and he was a distant third to both Tua and Kyler. Well, the hard part about it is trying to figure out the exchange rates. And I say that in terms of, you know, what is the Big Ten statistics look like next to the Big 12 statistics where it's obviously a little more wide open versus the SEC where, you know, Alabama's playing against quote-unquote SEC defenses all season. So it, it is a tough decision. I think uh, I, I voted for Tua, but it was not an easy decision. Like, I, I agonized over it, like I said, and, you know, you end up voting for Tua based on – I thought he was the one player who, you know, transformed Alabama's offense, turned them into – you know, they were a 50-point offense there for a little while, close to that, and – uh it's never quite been like that before. I think Oklahoma will score points next season. I think Ohio State will score points next season. With whoever's under center, they have a system built for that. I think Tua changed Alabama's system. Um, you know, and with Tua, and you know, especially down where I'm at, a lot of people weren't happy about him not winning the Heisman. I guess you know, maybe this is a good question, bad question. I don't know. Uh, Alabama's dominance—the fact that he did not play in a lot of fourth quarters—and you're seeing Kyler Murray have these have to have these great games week in, week out, close games, you know, the quote-unquote Heisman moments. Do you think that could have hurt Tua as well? Maybe a little, but, I mean, you know, Tua went into LSU and won 29 nothing against the top five team, and his run was kind of the clincher. Uh-huh. Um, the Heisman moment to me is him not being in in the fourth <laughs> quarter. That was a weekly story. It really was. And, uh, you know, we're not throwing an interception – all season and until November. And uh, when you see those kind of things, obviously, it, again, and I'm not disparaging to Kyler Murray. I won't do that. He's phenomenal. He put up – he more than deserved the trophy. I mean, he put up numbers better than Baker Mayfield. It was fun because it was a tough decision. Yeah, and, you know, that, that's something kind of bothers me a little bit when people kind of – some people won't even want to talk about who, who won, who didn't. They want to kind of disparage the other guy that, you know – to make their argument, and I don't agree with these three players. I mean, too bad I can't get three Heisman because I mean, all three were great. I mean, 
this was a when I'm looking at the numbers of these quarterbacks, I just don't remember if there ever was a time when you had three quarterbacks in the top three to Heisman, all this good, also deserving. Yeah, I mean that was the fun part of it, and also, you know, the the part of it that to me shows what a high level all three guys played the hardest position in the in the sport and the way they did that I, and it was different like Tyler attacks it with extra rushing yards great efficiency in the air big time numbers every single week and playmaking skills in the pocket I mean the one play that stands out with me with him was the fourth down against West Virginia where he extended the play and gets the first down and clinches the win Dwayne Haskins had the best last two game stretch of any of them you know Torch in Michigan, Torch in Northwestern, and and really probably deserved a little more than he got. And then Tua, like I said, it was just a phenomenon all season. And if, again, if you're looking for a Heisman moment, how do you top what he did against Georgia last year? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's his career moment. I don't know that he'll top that. But the good news is we get to see him play against Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl, and I'm sure they'll write a story or two about uh, Kyler and Tua along the way. <laughs> oh. And, you know, another thing that really sticks out to me with this is Lincoln Riley, what he's been able to do at Oklahoma. I mean, Bob Stoops was doing a good job, a great job at Oklahoma. But now Lincoln Riley, what he's been able to do in back-to-back years, two different quarterbacks won the Heisman Trophy, Baker Mayfield and now Kyler Murray, just just tremendous that the, I guess, the run that right now Lincoln Riley is on. Yeah, I mean, great recruiting for the program. Obviously, a hot name in NFL circles, too. The way he's picked up and, and kind of – enhance the model of Bob Stoops is amazing because this is a team that scores a lot of points. Is their defense an issue? Sure. But they're not going to apologize for the way they play. They're not going to slow down against Alabama or anything like that. They're going to go out and try to win a shootout and like they did in the Sugar Bowl a few years ago. Um, so I, I think Lincoln Riley's done a phenomenal job, and to have both quarterbacks do that, pretty special moment for the Sooners. Yeah, and I guess my final thing with Kyler Murray is, you know, kind of circle back on him winning the Heisman, is the tough for, I think, at any level of football, to play at the level him and the Oklahoma offense had to play every single week. Because, I mean, you're right. Their defense is, it might be one of, you know, one of the worst defenses in the entire country. So every week they had that pressure. We got to score 40 points, 40 or 50 points if we're going to win. And that was tremendous to me watching the team in Kyler Murray that every week they were able to answer that call and uh, have play great offense every week. Yeah, I, I don't know if that had as much an impact on me, though. I mean, that's that's a, the other side of the ball. I mean, yeah, it turns the pressure up, but it's not as if Oklahoma doesn't have good players or better players than mm-hmm. they had. I mean, they have the best players in the Big 12 on offense, especially guys like Marquise Brown, like you know Kennedy, the running back, all-American offensive lineman Ben Powers. I mean, you know, they, they're supposed to score a lot of points. And you know, with Alabama, like I said, the big difference was how that offense kind of was transformational. That's a good word to describe it because they they weren't just a two running back Nick Saban attack that you know the, the quarterback was there not to mess it up. And you know, Jalen Hurts was part of that evolution, but I think Tua Tagovailoa took it to the next level. Uh, you know, moving on to the college football playoffs and the semifinals for December twenty ninth. I guess first, you know. It was two weeks ago. We we found out who's going to be playing these games. Uh, were these for you the right four? And uh, did you have any feelings, or what did you think about the whole last minute trying to get Georgia in with the two losses? Oh, Georgia didn't belong in the playoffs. They they, they lost two games. They they should they should have been ranked behind Ohio State. 
I mean, I don't know why they were ranked ahead of Ohio State. They had two losses. They had a chance to win their game, and you know they ran an ill-advised fake punt that, that probably won't be forgotten in those parts for a long time. So that's why they're in the Sugar Bowl. Um, to me, it was surprising that the decision was between Oklahoma and Georgia because it should have been between Oklahoma and Ohio State. And, uh, you know, the Buckeyes, just they, they didn't look like the playoff contender until it was too late. And that's why I think they made the right choice with Oklahoma. I saw some people trying to argue against Notre Dame. You're not getting an undefeated Notre Dame team out of the playoffs. That's, that's just not going to happen. So I, I think both matchups are right. You could have theoretically dumped Notre Dame down to four and set that up that way, but I think I'm good with where they're at. And speaking of the Alabama-Oklahoma matchup, and, you know, like I mean, I'm down here, southeast Alabama, so I, I hear here uh, when I listen to the local talk radio, an Alabama fan saying Oklahoma's never played a defense uh, like they're about to meet it out with Alabama. Uh, now, I'm not saying I'm picking Oklahoma or anything like that, but I I, I, I like to counter their discussion. So, but I don't think Alabama has seen an offense in a quarterback what they're about to see in this game. And I know the whole thing, Nick Saban, you give him a month to prepare, he's pretty – He's pretty good at preparing his team when he gets that time. But I just look at this matchup. I don't think it is a shoe-in for Alabama. I think as maybe some Alabama fans are thinking. Yeah, you know, I think with that, it'll be it'll be interesting. You know, they, they know each other from the Sugar Bowl a few years ago, and that was a game where Oklahoma's tempo bothered Alabama. But it's hard to take too much from that because stakes were different then. Alabama was coming off – the kick six, I believe. I think it was that year. Um, uh-huh. They had a chance to win three straight national championships, so that game was probably a letdown on some level. Oklahoma is used to playing for national championships too, so this game is for real stakes. And you know, you got the Heisman element in there with Kyler and Tua. You've got an Alabama team that's going to drum up the disrespect card because their guy didn't win. And I think it's going to lead to some great theater in Miami Gardens because Oklahoma can score 30 to 40 points on anybody, and we're going to find out if they can do it against Alabama. Yeah, I guess it opened up my eyes a little bit, the Georgia game in Alabama, because for at least three quarters, Jake Fromm seemed to have success thrown against Alabama. So maybe that's what my thinking is. I think Oklahoma maybe can challenge that Alabama defense because I think Georgia may have shown a little bit that you can throw on the defense. Yeah, I mean, Jake Fromm did. You know, they had the good protection, too. And that matters, and they have the running game behind it. And it's obviously a different style of offense, though. That's one thing to keep in mind. Um, But, yeah, I mean, Tyler, they can – get yards on anybody. I think what you want to watch in that game is the chunk plays. You know, how many chunk plays is Oklahoma are they able to get and generate on that Alabama defense that doesn't give up a ton of big plays? And in the, in the biggest game of the year, the biggest spots of the year, Alabama's defense showed up. I mean, they were down big to Georgia. But that, that comeback doesn't happen with Jalen Hurts if the defense doesn't make a couple plays in the second half. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching those two teams go at it. But uh, I, the bigger liability is Oklahoma's defense against Alabama's offense. That That is, you know, they have to get some stops. Um, And the other matchup, Clemson and Notre Dame, you know, it. I kind of wonder, I mean, like I think Clemson has opened an 11-point favor or double-digit favor in the game and just – and the quarterback you're going to at least hear about, I think, at least for is Ian Book, what he does for Notre Dame. Just what's your read on Clemson and Notre Dame and 
do you see it as Clemson is just could could dominate this game, or do you think it's going to be closer than what people may be thinking? That's a big game for them today. Big game for the Irish. Big chance for them to, uh, you know, show what's changed since 2012 when when Alabama just beat them up. And I think no program has more on the line than the Irish this week, or not this week, in the playoff against Clemson. Um, because if Clemson loses, you know, they'll probably be back in the mix next year. They're the best team in the ACC. Notre Dame loses, that path to the playoffs, you know, the committee might have some residual memories, especially if it's a blowout. So I think that's a really good game. I think what's going to matter and what I want to see and what I'm not sure my eyes know yet is how Notre Dame will do up front against that really good Clemson defensive line. They fared well against Michigan's defensive line earlier this year. But Clemson's is a little bit of a different animal. So uh, you don't want to give a pick, you don't have to, but do you think we may be looking at another Alabama-Clemson matchup? I think so. I think that's where we're at. Now, you know, Alabama-Clemson four, those teams have been the most talented teams through the last few years. They've been the best teams this year. I think the added element of uh, Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tungabailoa makes this game that much more interesting because now – you take last year's game where there was three or four plays that really made the difference and take this year's game where now the quarterbacks are going to make some bigger plays and make more plays. And that's going to make that game that much more interesting. Clemson, uh, certainly capable of beating Alabama. It's one thing, you know, that's, that's the thing with them. They're not going to be scared. They've played mm-hmm. four straight years. They know what, they know what goes into that game and know what the level is required to go in and win that game. You know, something I wanted to ask you about, I want to get your take on this, and, and it's, it's a story every year, last, I think, two or three years now since, you know, in, when we get to bowl season, that is players deciding to not play in their bowl game because they want to get ready for the NFL draft. And the big name, Will Greer, this past weekend announced he's not going to play in West Virginia's bowl game. And I just wanted to uh, get your opinion on that. What do you think about players doing that and deciding not to play in the bowl games? Well, I, I never you know, judge a player for what they're going to do with their future, I can say. On some level, it it goes both ways. Like, as a fan, you can say, oh, we don't care that these guys go. Well, then you can't blame the coach if they lose the bowl game. Like, I mean, how much he – if Dana Horson loses that game, how's that his fault? Like, Mm -hmm. that would be my question. And obviously the Camping World Bowl, people use that as the punchline this year. Well, you know, that means something to some of those seniors. So, But obviously I think we've moved past – that argument on most level because guys are just going to skip bowl games. That's the reality we live in. But, you know, for the crowd that says it's meaningless and then they turn around and criticize the coach for losing bowl games, to me, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with that on the getting on the coach, especially in that situation as well. And uh, finally, lastly, or quickly, uh, bowl games do kick off uh, this Saturday. Are there any this Saturday you're really looking forward to seeing and uh, checking out? I mean, yeah, I always get you get off to the start with whether it's a Tulane versus a, you know Louisiana. That should be fun. Obviously, Las Vegas Bulls see Herm Edwards and see what the Arizona State Sun Devils can do against Fresno State. That's a good building block in the first year for the you know Herm Edwards, a guy that some people were wondering what in the world Arizona State is doing. Well, now they're now they're wondering what Kansas and North Carolina are doing with Mac Brown and Les Miles, but. You know, football coaches, some of them, they just know how to coach. And I think he's an example of one of the guys that does. Absolutely. I was I was happy to see him back in coaching. I think he's one of the uh, – especially motivational, you know, when, why he likes to, you know, 
he gets his players going. Uh, Herman Edwards is one of the best. And, uh, Bill, uh, appreciate you uh, taking time out and being here on the show. It's been a lot of fun uh, talking college football with you. As always, always glad to have you on the show. And uh, if listeners want to follow you online, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm at BillBender92 and at SportingNews.com. You can find us at both those spots, our All-Americans, Player of the Year, all that kind of stuff's up. And we have bull picks out for those who get in the bull pool. So, yeah, it's a pleasure coming on, and uh, hopefully we can do it again soon. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, thanks again for coming on the show. Hey, no problem.